I am so glad you could join us. I'm your host, Mo Gaudat. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing inspiring life stories and perhaps some nuggets of wisdom along the way. This is your invitation to slow down with us. Welcome to Slow Mo. Welcome back. My guest today is someone I've waited four months to speak to. Mistake on my side, by the way, we just didn't coordinate very well. But four months ago, Instagram for once showed me something that I actually liked. So I clicked and it was a video about a relationship coach uh, speaking about how women do certain things in a relationship. And I found myself nodding vigorously. Like, yes, absolutely. I feel this is what I have gone through. And so I clicked through for more and more and more content. And I was headbanging all the way through until I finally said, okay, you know what? I'm going to follow that person. I followed that person. And I have to admit almost every single piece of content she puts online is so well thought through, is valid in a very interesting way, at least to me. And so I thought maybe you guys should get introduced. So my guest today is Sarah Don Moore. And Sarah is a relationship coach at heart, but uh, somehow with our modern world turned into a content creation and a I would say social media sensation, more than one and a half million followers. Sarah is really trying to demystify some of the challenges of love and romance to sort of show us some of the mistakes that we do in the eyes of psychology or uh, gender diversity or behavioral science uh, so that we can find a way to finally find that love that we all crave to have in our life. I've been waiting very long. I actually feel a little bit like a fanboy to spend time today with uh, Sarah Doan Moore. Sarah, thank you so much for saying yes. What an introduction. Thank you so much. Honestly, Most of what you say, Sarah, if I say I'll get cancelled, but you say say it so factually and so elegantly and so lovingly that it actually registers really well. I mean, some of the times you'd speak about how women behave in a relationship. Some of the times you speak about how women behave in a relationship. And I have to admit, I learned a lot. And, and, you know, it's Thank a topic you. that I have been working on for quite a few years for me personally, after my long marriage and, you know, my separation from my wife now, almost eight years, I have been blessed with amazing, amazing women, but it hasn't worked. And, and, you yeah. know, sometimes I wonder if I'm defective and then sometimes I wonder if I'm too picky and sometimes I listen to you and I, and I feel interesting. Either I've done something wrong and you sometimes highlight that, uh, or some, you know, sometimes I feel she's done something that didn't match me. And, you know, you bring that up so nicely. So I'm, to start with, I'm very grateful, actually. I enjoy your content. Uh, I, uh, you know, the reason I host you is because I love my followers very, very much. I love my listeners here on Slow Mo, and I think everyone should follow you, honestly, and everyone should be aware of your work. Well, it started with my own failings. So some of the things that, you know, you're speaking about as far as the relationships that you've had that haven't worked out, I would be amiss if I didn't say that I had my own struggles with understanding men, right? I almost kind of thought that they were 
some Rubik's cube that I just could just sit there for hours and just couldn't understand how to put it together. Yeah. So this happened for me quite a long time ago. This is I'm I actually just turned 39 yesterday. Oh, and happy birthday. Thank you. What, thank what, you. What zodiac does that make you? I am a Leo. Oh, Leos are wonderful. <laughs> I'm a Leo through and through. Very, um, very charismatic. Very, you know, I was a, I've been an actress. I've been a singer. I have a whole background in this. So it, it's, it's very fitting um, how, and I can talk a little bit how I became a social media creator versus my previous life in, in corporate America. But I didn't really understand how much this was needed as far as the content goes until this this has been a quick journey for me. It's only been about a year and a half. And some of my content is can be very cheeky and sometimes it can be sarcastic and in a fun way when I try and kind of illuminate kind of the ridiculousness of some of our behaviors. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and, and we've all been there. And a lot of times what I tell people when I get angry comments is I'm making fun of myself. These are all things that I used to do. So, so I know, you know, and I put a, a put a TikTok a year and a half ago, I downloaded this app and was scrolling and I thought, huh, there's, I have a journey of how I got here, but I posted this one post about how men just need a little bit of cave time and they need to go in their space and they need to take time. They need to get away from all the estrogen producing things such as their girlfriend. And, and it was just a joke. It was just funny. And, you know, the amount of forwards and guys in the comments and tagging their girlfriends and and it got forwarded i think 25,000 times it got oh, 8 wow. million views and it it just kind of stopped me in my tracks i had a corporate job i was this was not a life that i was even imagining but i know i've i've you know i've heard you on different podcasts and other creators have said their journeys and it kind of just happened out yeah. out of out of thin air and what i saw in those comments was a really common theme mm. where men were kind of pleading to their girlfriends see see it's not just me like it's 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 this and all the guys were commenting you know we just want space it's okay you know we just want this we just want that and i thought wow okay there is something here that i think these guys want to be heard and they don't feel heard and i just started going down oh i just started going down the rabbit hole of all the subjects that what would a man tell me if he felt safe if there wasn't anything that he could lose by being honest and I started interviewing men. I started talking to them. Of course, I have brothers and I talk about that quite often. And I'll go into my journey of, of my childhood and how I got here in the first place. But but it really was a very significant thing for me to to. And I'm still humbled by the comments and the messages that I get, because I think overall men, you know, women are just more expressive and men, I think, sometimes can feel that they can't really truly talk about their deepest desires and and really share from a truth perspective without potentially there being a big consequence to that. 100%. I mean, in reality, 
as I speak to my man friends. Mm-hmm. You know, if a hundred times in a row, uh, every time you raise your head, you get slapped, you start to think twice before you raise your head the hundred and first time. I mean, it's not very smart, to be honest. And and in many ways, we uh, we, we sort of, we don't understand, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. I do, but I do because I'm a very old man and I have mm-hmm. seen quite a bit of experience. But most men are like, what did I do wrong? Like, why yeah. why am I in this place? Well, you know, is there any way out of it? Is there anything I can actually do or say or not do or not say to get a predictable response every time? And it's quite an interesting, when you said right now that men don't feel heard, I think that's exactly, I, n- I never... S- understood the common theme across all of your content, but now I get it. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, you almost, I mean it in a funny way. I mean, you're very feminine, obviously, but you, you speak like a man. It's like, yeah. I get all the time, our voice. all the time. They yeah. go, are you, are you sure? I'm like, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah. I'll show you some baby pictures. I'm pretty sure I'm a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it, at one point, there was John Gray, which was way back. Uh, his He wrote a very famous book called Men Are From Mars, Women Are yeah. From Venus. Yeah. And it was a best, I mean, it's, he's written nine sequels, uh, yes. maybe more at this point. It was obviously an, a national bestseller for a reason. <laughs> because mm. yeah. I think that there is a lot to be said about this. And we kind of, as a society... We're going through transitions. A lot of things are happening as far as gender fluidity. What is gender? What is a man? What is a woman? Are we really all that different? And, you know, tensions. I'm in the United States. I know you've you've spent a lot of time here. And tensions are very high, I think, especially in the West. Mm -hmm. Really understanding, like, what is truly a man and a woman? And can we talk about those differences you know, without offending people. And that's why I think that this, a lot of this content is becoming very relevant again, because it's kind of, you know, we had these 30 years ago when, when John Gray wrote this book, and then it was kind of like silent for a little while. Mm. And now we're going through kind of a bit of a resurgence because I think a lot of people are confused and yeah, women are very successful. I was one of them myself. Mm. So a woman trying to find her identity with all the things that is tasked to her as far as a career and taking care of a home, but then also where do men fit in that and and trying to communicate our wants and needs when they are polar opposites and they are so different is what I think makes relationships a science that that need to be <laughs> studied. Yeah, And if we understood, I think, you know, finally at, at, 39 years old, I would say taking the time to really assess, right? Becoming more curious rather than judgmental, right? Mm. Looking at actions and saying, why did he do that? Or a man saying, why is she acting this way? Like what is underneath all of this? And being curious rather than pointing fingers and demanding things and saying, you have to see things the way I see things. It's just, can we stay neutral in a space where we can really understand each other without it being a blow up? And that is my goal with the content is to create conversations between men and women 
where you can, you know, I love when I hear couples say, I for I we forward your stuff all the time, back and forth. And what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And there's like a situation that comes up in, in their life, and then they forward my content and then they have a laugh about it because it's yeah, it's sometimes it's can be very sarcastic. So yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it's the reality. It's the reality. If you want to have a relationship, I think it's we really have to stop and stop trying to convert men to being women and stop trying in, in the in the opposite direction as well men need I to totally stop I totally agree yeah totally agree there was a there was a book i read in my times of confusion that was called what french women know which i don't know if french women are better at treating their men than other women or not but that book had a statement in it that i actually thought was quite interesting i don't know if if demeaning or not but it's so it was so interesting it's basically said you love your puppy but you don't expect it to take the garbage out okay yeah. you sort of treat it like a puppy why is it that you want to treat a man like something that's not a man right mm -hmm. and i think i wasn't offended by it i was like yes i'm a puppy i have you know certain characteristics that make <laughs> that, that yeah that make me different i mean in a very interesting way of course not better or worse just different in the way i look at things and you know i'm quite introspective and a very good listener i i get told quite a bit and so I really, really would put in, even with my wonderful long marriage, Nibel, my wife, there were times where I just couldn't understand. You know, it's like, it's uh, okay, you know, clearly something I did upset her. Clearly, there is no way I can find out what that is. So clearly, I have to just weather the storm. And then, you know, eventually something will happen and I'll see an opportunity and smile and then she'll hug me and life will go on. Right. And I'm not I'm not victimizing men, by the way. I think women are in the same place. But the way men react is that is focused very much on action. And in the lack of action, we don't know what to do about it. Maybe women, on the other hand, are more in emotions and feeling and so on. And as you rightly said, are more expressive. So. Are you happier now than the corporate world? Oh my gosh. I mean, I can't even. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I can't even, no comparison. And I don't know how much you want me to kind of get into my story of, of how all of this happened or. I, mean, I, I do, I back. do. I'm a fanboy. Did I not say that? <laughs> I want to know everything. Well, it, I think that it would be helpful. I like to tell this story for the women that, that are following you. I, I don't know if how what your audience is like or 82% women. Okay. Which, perfect, which basically perfect. which basically tells you men either are the happiest people on earth or that they have no clue that they're unhappy. But yeah. Men are very interested in solution-oriented content, uh, very right. scientific. So if you talk about like the Huberman lab or you talk about some other content like Lex Friedman or Joe Rogan, you know, there, there's differences there, but we can get, yeah. So I appreciate that. But I think that it goes way back for me. And I also had a big, you know, I, I was engaged and six days before my wedding, my fiance came to me and said, you know, I, I think that this is probably a bad idea. Oh, like wow. there's a lot. Yeah. So there was a lot that we were fighting about. There was a lot that, was leading up to the wedding that we really just weren't on the same page about a lot of things. So, you know, after taking some time away from obviously that like pain and that hurt and that sorrow, 
I'm able to really look back with gratitude now and say thank you mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't have been, I would not be here where I am today. But so after this big event happened within my life, I think all of us who have kind of found this space and who have done some pretty deep reflection typically have a dark night of the soul, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of mm-hmm. go through something that. It kind of shakes the foundation and the core of who we are. And I was just going along. I had a great corporate job. I was a, you know, we literally had a white picket fence outside of our house in Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was the dress, the bridesmaids, like everything was just kind of, everything was going to plan. And all of a sudden I was living with a friend in a small room because my home I had rented out to tenants. I had to take leave off of work because I just was incredibly depressed. I yeah. I, I was at, you know, 33 years old going, what happened? How did this, how did I get here? Yeah. And I had to take a year, you know, or two off to kind of understand. Wow. Yeah. Just from dating, from men, from life. Like I had to just take a pause. How long were you together by then? A couple of years. We were Mm. together for a couple of years before we we decided to get married. And and but what what I did without going into all sorts of childhood stuff, but I had lost my father when I was very young. I was um I was 10 years old. Mm. He died of a massive heart attack. Mm. So that's really where where it really began was losing a father figure at that young of an age. I grew up always really kind of searching for love in the wrong places. And I think a lot of women do this. A Mm. lot of women will, will constantly be kind of looking for the love that they didn't receive from that father figure and, and not necessarily the most, emotionally available men. So that's why you kind of hear a lot of women go after, you know, the bad boys. Um, they find themselves in love with, um, yeah, just, just men that, that are always just kind of a little bit out of reach. Yeah. One of my biggest traumas of my life, actually, the idea that because you question at a young age, when women go after bad boys, you start to go like, I can be an asshole too. Like, you know, it's not that difficult but should I? Yeah. Right. And and it's quite interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. That's, <laughs> no, I, that's I, never, I never did. I mean, <laughs> I failed at that very miserably. Yeah. <laughs> that's the answer to that question. <laughs> but really what, what came out of my, my life and what came out of that time was understanding the patterns of what, how was Sarah showing up into relationship how is Sarah showing up? And, and what happens is that, you know, when you have such severe abandonment wounds, when you mm. are always kind of worried that someone is potentially going to leave because it is a, it's a semblance, right? It's a symbolism of when that person, right? When your yeah. father dies and then every man thereafter, yes, you become very, very scared to express your needs to, you become very codependent. You become, you know, you're just kind of walking on eggshells trying to figure out how to express your needs without the fear of that person just completely leaving you. So a lot of times women will not even know 
what their needs are. And they don't even know how to express that to a man. Like you had said, you know, your wife and you would get into these huge or that, you know, get into these fights. And sometimes there were times when I didn't even know why I was upset and I couldn't even articulate that. I couldn't even express that to people or to the men that I was dating because I was, there was this deep underlying fear that if I did, what was the consequence of that? What would happen? Yeah. And so I became, then what happens, you know, years go by, months go by, just different relationships where you become very resentful yeah. and, and then women can be, you know, you take on um, kind of that angry, he's not meeting my needs. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. And then it becomes just this very contentious relationship. Yeah. So unraveling all that as an adult female and peeling back those layers and trying to understand, okay, what, first of all, what am I truly attracted to, right? To the women that are listening, I had to break up with chemistry. I had to break up with trying to find my father and all of these uh -huh. men and trying to look for love that put like I had to learn how to give love to myself and I didn't really know who I was. So, you know, I took up the piano. I went and traveled. I became so comfortable with just being by myself and go, mm. I take myself out to, to restaurants. I'd sit at a bar. I would date, I would date different types of men, right? I would, I would try and try and understand, okay, if I'm drawn to this type of man, what is it about that that I'm drawn to? Because there potentially could be something kind of toxic in there that I'm that I'm not quite sure Interesting. that I'm that I'm attracted to that is potentially like they're emotionally unavailable and I'm chasing after them and they're not giving me what I need. So I chase after them harder. So a lot of a lot of women who find themselves in this position, um, it's really about taking the time to understand what it is that you're attracted to and and is that is that really very good for you overall so once i did that then i be then men became less scary they like they became less of a threat in hurting me and and then i became more curious about okay if they're not all bad right like if they're not always going to hurt me because if i'm going after this type right and if they're always hurting me, then all of these other good men started to come out of the woodworks. I started to see them for the first time in my life. In my 30s, I started to see, okay, all these good men are coming out. And if I can just relax a little bit and not feel so threatened that they're going to hurt me, they're actually really amazing. <laughs> like, but these like really amazing creatures that, that ultimately just kind of want to make us happy. Sometimes they don't know how to do that, but it's, I have, you, you have to heal yourself first to all the women who are listening. Like you have to heal that wound first. And then you start to see men for who they really are. And I have men amazing, like they, I have men show up for me now all the time, friends, other creators, like just a simple thing, Mo, is when I walk down a set of stairs and there's a man around, I grab his hand, you know, I let him, I let him lead me down the stairs or, you know, I let, I let a man guide me from the sidewalk. Like I let 
men be men because please Sarah please (laughs) like what happened to the world honestly Mm -hmm. I mean it it really is quite something that we in my age it was courteous to treat a woman like a queen it was the right thing to do Okay. And it gave us joy with no expectations in the back end of it. It wasn't a transactional swipe right type thing. It was, she's a woman, just like, you know, uh, if someone is uh, one of the, 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 the medicine woman of the, of the tribe or the elder of the tribe or whatever, you treated them in a certain way. If it's a child, you treat them in a certain way. And a woman should be treated honestly, like a woman. And I think in the modern world, this has become so weird. It's like, no, no, you can't do that. What do you mean? I'm, I can I can open the door for myself. Yes, I can see that, but mm-hmm. I want to be courteous. Is that, not, is that a problem? Yeah, and I, I think that we are, unfortunately, within the kind of sphere of womanhood within our own tribe, Unfortunately, we have demonized femininity to mean weakness. It's not at all. It's the opposite. Yeah. But but unfortunately, as women, we have very, very strong women, right? We have these leaders that are telling us, and, and not, in, not in like direct ways, but that these masculine traits of, you know, making a lot of money, being a powerhouse at, at work. And, and I had a corporate job. I worked for for Johnson and Johnson um in marketing mm. for 15 years so suits you so honestly. It suit you. <laughs> I honestly yeah. Th- yeah I can picture you as a Johnson and Johnson marketing person yeah I was and and it was <laughs> but but it was also you know you are put into into positions as a woman where you feel very strong competition with yeah, men of so, so to have to separate that and to have to say, okay, this is who I am here and at work in this sphere, and then to come home to be loving and caring and kind and not yeah. feel that competition with our spouse or with our significant other. Yeah. We have our own demons to fight as women. We are battling a, a lot of things within Me us. Too. Yeah. And yeah. And and I think that, the, you know, women, again, the housewife, even within our own sphere as women, I used to look down on women who just wanted to be, I thought, you just want to, you just want to be a housewife. Like that's all that you want to do. And now, now that my friends have kids and I see how hard that job is, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, respect. Thank you. Respect. Like, that, it's an, it's an amazing, it's probably harder than any other corporate 100%. job that I've ever had in my life. 100%. And it's much more yeah. sensitive. It's much more impactful. It has a life at, at the center of it. That's, that is, is its responsibility and believe it or not, you know, I, I, I will always say this. If Nibel, my ex-wife didn't get, take care of the kids, I wouldn't have gone anywhere at all right yeah. and i think there needs to be a recognition of that the fu- the funny bit for me though sarah is that marketing specifically is such a feminine job at its core like all of mm-hmm. the attributes you need which is conceptual thinking intuition uh, creativity playfulness empathy for the user's needs appreciation of beauty and color and art and all of these are feminine traits right and yet yeah. many of the people i worked with in marketing would go in and just try to compete on the masculine side. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I find that the workplace is messed up. 
totally. Yeah. When your ultimate strength is within you, is to actually be be paradoxical and think out loud and you know communicate in certain ways that that open those creative channels. And yet we go into the corporate world and we have to toughen up and you know and compete with the men at their game or the masculine and it, at its game. It's quite an eye opening uh, approach. And and once yeah, and like I said, I mean once. I started to heal just basics, my, my relationship with men, mm. you know, I, I would, I would start asking them, you know, just little tiny things that I started to do. And, and I actually found a male therapist. I mean, I sought out a mm. male therapist to, to really start to form a trust, right? Form a trust and be able to share back and forth with him and understanding that, okay, he really does have my best interest at heart. So mm. that, that was the first thing that I did was I really started to, to establish trust. Then I would, I would start going to men and I, you know, asking them to like open something for me. <laughs> Like, here's this jar. Like, I can't, I can't open it. Can you please open it for me? Um, I, you know, I started to ask for just advice. Like, what would, what would you do in this? And, and seeing it wasn't weak. It, it was just me trying to establish that these men really were not, they really, they really wanted, they had my best interest at heart and starting to see how they would light up when mm -hmm. I would go to them. Right. Like they would, they, I saw their faces just become illuminated with, wow, like she really is, she really wants me. my help. Right. Yeah. And then when it came to dating, that is a, that is the biggest thing I think that women really struggle with is how can I be more receptive? So I started to receive, right. And I started to allow men to, okay, if they're going to plan the dates then I'm going to just, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be grateful. I'm not going to force anything. I'm going to thank them for opening the door. I'm going to thank them for paying the bill. I'm going to just start because femininity, a lot of that is about being receptive, being receptive to allowing a man to want to take care of you and just yeah being thankful and grateful for that. So, so I started just looking for every chance that I could get. I was like, you're going to let men be men. I'm even going to let them solve my problems. <laughs> like, <laughs> even like That's I was far. just too far, too <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's like, I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do experiments here where I'm able to let them, let them provide their perspective. And starting to heal that relationship with myself and with men. And then if I, if I wanted to just talk about certain things, I learned, okay, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go to men for this. Actually, I'm going to, I have to establish my female friends and and talk to them about all the things that are going on because sometimes men just don't want to hear about that thing. And, and that's yeah. okay. But I think Mo, what's happening is that we, after COVID, even more so after COVID, there is such isolation with everyone. Men and women are both feeling it. And although Absolutely. women have social circles, mm -hmm. I still think that we we are we are feeling so isolated. And so we're going to our partners for everything, for every yeah. single need to get met. And versus the village, versus 
being able to go to other women and going shopping with other women and talking gossip and tea with other women. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, expecting men to want to participate with that, that I think is where we need to start adjusting our expectations. Yeah. And with men as well, I think, you know, I'm not going to necessarily know what the draft picks are on your soccer or your football team or whatever. I, I don't necessarily do sports. That's something that you can go do with your buddies and that's fine. Um, but I, the biggest takeaway for me was just the, the lowering of the expectations because I truly, truly wanted to have, I truly want to have a thriving relationship with mm. a man. And I, and I want it to be different than what a, a lot of my clients come to me and they are just at, they're, yeah. they're, they're at their wits end. They, they yeah. don't know how to save their marriage. They're frustrated. They are um, hopeless a lot of the times. And I think it's because of just failed expectations on both yeah. on both sides, whether it's from a sexual standpoint with men, whether it's from I'm not getting my needs met as a woman, there is this chasm and men are, and women are, we have to stop expecting each other to be one yeah. another. Can I dive deep into some of the points that you mentioned so far? I mean, you, you started by saying that the first answer is to heal yourself, is to, mm -hmm. you know, you, you needed to overcome that, wrong feeling of abandonment because your dad had no choice. You know, he couldn't mm -hmm. stay, right? But as a child, of course, you see it that way and then it stays with us. And what other drivers do you think drive the majority of women's attitudes in relationships? So I, I, I often hear a father issue as a driver, but what kind of father issues and how would a woman become if her father was violent or restrictive or, you know, or if he cheated on her wife and what other issues would be out there? Okay. So this gets, this gets really deep. Um, <laughs> yes. So That's yeah. What I do. So what happens is when a woman loses her father or when she doesn't necessarily have um, a stable father, when it, when I became, let's say I was 16, 17, 18, right? When you start to have your first dating experiences, when you start to fall for men, you start to fall for men that potentially can be manipulative. You don't have necessarily the best boundaries. So you use what is the quickest way to get a man's attention sexual yep. intimacy of course yeah so as a woman you learn very young okay i can get a man's attention by potentially giving a part of myself away and but you don't realize that that's not that's not the part that you need yeah or the parts that he needs either by the way you know many men are are attracted to very very other sides of the uh, you know very different sides of the woman I mean, right. that, that of course, or, you know, even, even not everyone, actually, I, I think more and more studies will tell you that there are quite a few people that are completely asexual, but it is definitely not the only thing that I think a man is looking for. Yeah, certain men, but there are other men who are definitely display kind of these selfish tendencies, right? Cause they're after, yeah. they're, they're after certain things as well. And yeah. As a woman, you're not necessarily able to differentiate those traits. 
because they they're very charismatic. Um, they come on very strong and they kind of sweep you off your feet. So you establish these early experiences with men that basically tell a story that men cannot be trusted because yeah. typically, you know, I had brothers and they were amazing, but I left and I went to college and I went to a different, you know, I, I was far away from home. So you start to establish these early relationships with men and you get your heart broken. Yeah. And so a lot of women will have these early experiences in their twenties where they go after or, or they, or they fall kind of victim to these men that have really hurt them or they've potentially slept with them, you know, too soon. And then what's too soon. I think within the first couple of weeks, or I think within, you know, sometimes on the first or second date, or again, I think that women are, when you don't have proper boundaries, when you just want a man to like you, when you, when you just want him to stay, when you just, when you feel so seen and so excited and the chemistry is electric, it happens And then potentially a man will, a man doesn't necessarily have to connect that way. A man doesn't necessarily fall in love with a woman through sex, but women have different chemicals that, that lead us down that path. Yeah. Women produce way more oxytocin, which is the same chemical that we produce, you know, that we release when we're breastfeeding with our, with our mm. children. So we mm. reestablish these bonds and then men will just break our heart. So what is that, that we form these kind of subconscious beliefs when we're younger in our twenties and in our, in our teens that men cannot be trusted, Correct. that if I give myself to this man, or if I were to be vulnerable with this man, men cannot be trusted. So That's what happens is women find themselves in um, groups of people such as the feminist movement, they have these isolated experiences that, that taint their vision or taint their view yeah. of men. And then all of a sudden it becomes this global idea that, yeah. that men are of the patriarchy and that men are bad and that men only want women for sex and men only want one thing. That is Not true. <laughs> That is yeah. not true. So, yeah. so healing yourself is, is going back to going way back to looking at, okay, what type of men? Yeah. Like what were my early experiences? And, and furthermore, Mo, it was about looking within myself. And I think that everyone who has gone through some sort of self-actualization, the biggest contributor to, to really acceptance is is what was my what was my part how did i contribute to this yeah and for me it was it was realizing that i was giving away that those men were not taking something that i wasn't freely giving yeah and of course you know they were i wasn't um an only fans model like i wasn't like oh i wasn't um <laughs> you know promiscuous at all it was just that my vetting system and understanding yeah. like what was really good for me and a good fit having that father figure what that does for a woman is that a woman can go on a date and she can come home and and and, and talk to her father right like do you have a daughter i do yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. so of course right like you're gonna have her best interest at heart you're mm -hmm. not gonna want to Always. see her 
You're yeah. not going to want to see her get hurt. Like, so when she goes out on a date or when she's, ha- she's going to have an early experience with a man, you most likely are going to talk to her about that. You're going to mm-hmm. give her the parameters of, okay, oh, he's coming on like really strong, or I don't know if I like that, you know, honey, I don't like, like that. any of them. Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, so I, I accept that life is not what I want it to be. So. <laughs> well, you have, you know, you have you, a, a father is going to have the the highest level of standards for her daughter, and the the father's is that protective mechanism that yeah. is going to say, no, 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 I don't like this behavior. I don't like what he's doing. You need to get rid of. You need to get rid of him. That's that that buffer that a woman has, and when a woman doesn't have that or when she doesn't yeah. have a good relationship it it also can be a bad relationship with a mother um as well there's all there's all sorts of dynamics that can happen you know you can be raised in a single parent household but it it's all about that deep need to feel seen and to feel to yeah. feel loved and to feel accepted and 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 men do this as well that's why they call it like the nice guy syndrome they create this codependent relationship with the opposite sex where they they they'll they'll just do anything to get that yes, love absolutely. yeah absolutely so i for me it's the, those i think are the are the biggest things that women may have these really they, they get hurt they have these terrible experiences and then they just they don't know how to trust themselves. Absolutely. I mean, in mathematics, this is basically selection bias. I, I It was actually brought to my attention, interestingly, by a very dear friend. Uh, and, and she was talking about the fact that if your first boyfriend was an asshole and then the second was a horrible person and then the third broke your heart, then you suddenly have a 100% probability next one is going to be an asshole again. And, and you, you, so, you sort of like start to create an image of all of masculinity based on the, the the three men that you dated or the 10 men that you dated. I think the challenge is when you start to create that attitude of, oh, he's going to hurt me, you sort of go out there and get the one that is going to hurt you. And so you're affirming your bias, basically. And And she was talking about every woman deserves to have one good man mm-hmm. early in her life to tell her that it's possible. Okay. Yes. Uh, to to tell her that this actually is available, uh, and uh, you know, and and if this if this man is available, then perhaps actually my selection bias was why I was ending up with with the wrong ones. Uh, Jordan Peterson was sharing a staggering statistic, saying that because of the way the dating world has emerged, now twenty percent of the men are getting all of the women. Mm-hmm. The ones that know how to write, like you rightly said, come on too strong or, you know, sort of manipulate her a little bit. And and one of, one of the things that, you know, of course, I'm quite uh, academic in the way I do most of most things. I'm very analytical and it's actually quite interesting. There is a very simple process to get a woman to come to bed with you. It's not that mm-hmm. complicated at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be honest. You don't have to be noble. You don't have to be successful. You don't have to be anything. You just have to say the right things at the right time. You you have to insert the joke at the right time and so on. And then you'll have the image to a woman that you are what she's looking for. And as a result, you'll end up in her bed. And, and, you know, it's, it's quite interesting that that selection bias, because that kind of man is likely going to leave and try again with another woman and, and another woman, because that was his objective in the first place. 
And, right. and that destroys your image of men when in reality, the good ones are not even getting a chance. They're friend zoned and yeah. they're, uh, you know, and, and they're basically not included in the, in the survey, if you want. Yeah. And I, what I would tell women and myself, I mean, when I had that intense amount of chemistry, right. If I would, if I'm showing up on a date and I feel that there is something kind of mysterious about this guy, or there's something going on here. I take a step back and I say, okay, yeah. what's going on here? What am I really attracted? What's this chemistry telling me? Because a lot of times guys will not stick around. They don't have patience to, yeah. to do that with, with somebody who wants a, a deep relationship. So they'll go away. And you just have to give it some time, right? As a woman, you have to get, like let the process unfold because a lot of those men will just float away and go to a different source of sexual validation. But I really think you really have to break up with your patterns. You have to break up with chemistry. You right. have to break up with what you think is attractive because your attraction is broken. <laughs> your yeah. attraction is broken. And if you keep, right, like if you if you keep going back, like you said, to the same type of thing, you're going to get the same results. So as a woman, it's not just all men are jerks, all men are this way, all men are that. It's what am I accepting? What am I allowing? Yeah. What am I, what am I attracted to? Because a lot of women say like, oh, he's so nice. Or, oh, he's, um, I just don't have the feeling with him or I don't have the chemistry or there's just something kind of missing. And, and granted, you, you're not going to be attracted to everyone. You're not going to have chemistry with everyone. And of course, it, you need to have some. You need to have some to work with. But the electric chemistry is really just an attachment we as it's like Pavlov's dogs, right? So if you are getting, I don't I'm sure you're familiar with that experiment, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Where they were, they were getting like this, this like intermittent thing that becomes much more addictive than if you're just getting like a slow, steady drip of emotional yeah. availability, emotional availability, somebody who's texting you every day, somebody who's like, offering to to pick you up on dates and it's like there's no games there's no mystery there's no so so breaking up with that chemistry of when is he going to text me again when is he going to wait where is he i wonder if he's seeing other people i wonder what's i'm i'm going to be the one to change his mind i'm going to be the one to yes. to get go after him and i'm i'm going to be more special than all the other girls that he's with <laughs> like where does that come from sarah <laughs> Well, this is the ultimate defect, I have to, to say. I mean, as I talk to my friend, lady friends, lady friends, it's like friends who are women, this is the ultimate defect. It's like they think, right. I mean, they tell me about the person they're dating and I'm like, he's a jerk. And they go like, yes, until he touches me. And then mm -hmm. when he touches me, he's suddenly going to see the light and turn into Buddha. And I'm mm -hmm. like, not likely, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> right, but so, but where that where does that conviction come from? I mean, why do, why does a woman like a challenge? Why doesn't she find someone who is a good person and fix the few things about them that actually are fixable? Well, think about one of the best Disney movies of all time. Yes, yeah, Beauty and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, fix the beast. She tamed the beast. She 
because what it says about us, think about it as a woman, if, if you have, it's evolutionary, Mo, it goes way back to, if I can get the highest of male that all these women are going after that all these, it's it's a social proof that so many of the Jordan Petersons and, you know, the David buses of the world, they talk about it's, if I can get this type of man, then that means like that I am something, I am something I am. Yeah. But but then when you start to look at the studies, <laughs> when you start to look at, you know, I, I, I'm reading a book called The Evolution of Desire right now by um, by Dr. David Buss. He is evolutionary psychology professor out of UT Austin, very talented guy. And basically what he looks at is human behavior when it, from an evolutionary standpoint. And those types of men have a propensity, a 40% higher propensity to cheat than the, you know, the man who, who doesn't have all the attention. So I think as women, again, as you get older, as your, as your hormones settle down, you know, as things start to change for you, you, you want different things as a woman, you have to take that risk. You can go after the top, you can go after the top man. You can, you can have that, but realize that that could potentially come with great cost to you. And I, I think that it goes also back to the bedroom. If I'm being really honest with you, women want to have a little bit of, of that dominance in the bedroom and they don't necessarily see that a good guy can also provide that type of bad boy feel in the bedroom that he can be dominant. They only think that that can come from the top dog or the top guy because there's that bad boy to him. He can be a little bit more aggressive, but um, I tell women this all the time. No, no good men can have that too. <laughs> you, just have to tell, you just have to tell them what it is that you want. But again, Women have a hard time expressing expressing that they want this. I think I think yes. that I don't know if I told you, but I've been working on a book called Finding Love. Mm. So I've I finished version six, which was 180 pages, and then I scrapped it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I wrote that book six times, and now I'm now writing the seventh one. But for the seventh one, I decided to break it into two short books. One is sort of a dating guide for straight women. And one, which I hope will be a very, very good book, effective to change the world, uh, which is what I call Good Boys Win, which basically sort of tells the good boys around the things that they are not doing right. And in a very interesting way, the reason why, a you know, every man, every real man has that dominance in him, not in a violent way, it doesn't have to be sadistic in any way, but a man wants to take his woman and a woman wants to be taken. And the only mm-hmm. thing is that good boys are always mixed up with being nice boys. And so they uh, they sort of worry that if they show up fully in that aggressive way, they may be misunderstood or they may, you know, have crossed a line or whatever. But the reality is that, of course, if there is chemistry and you're enjoying your man, by definition, if he's not worried about being seen in a certain way, he will want to dominate you. He will want to take you. He will want to to be in charge. And, And I think that also, by the way, is in not just in bed, I think in reality, in you know, a good man wants to be in charge, 
but a good man thinks too much. So a good man will, will go like, should I tell her what to do? Or should I mm -hmm. shut up for now? Or, you know, should I mm -hmm. sit and listen? And I don't want to say a bad boy, but a more experienced man because of having had many women will know for a fact that there are certain ways that you do certain things. And when you do them, a woman will like them, even though cognitively as a man. Yeah. So this isn't just on the on the woman, right? Men also have Absolutely. to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I recommend this to my clients, this book all the time to my clients. It's, um, it's called no more Mr. Nice guy. Yes. I, I hosted, uh, I, I hosted them. Robert, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Glover. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Glover. And, and throughout the podcast, I called him sensei, uh, yeah. because I have to admit this is the ultimate good man book. Absolutely. You know, yeah. stop being nice, be a good person. There is a difference between nice and good and be yeah. a man. Yeah, absolutely. But but I I actually gave that book to my my brothers because my obviously, you know, growing up with um a single mom, they felt an ordinate need to to take care of her, yeah. to yeah. be the rock for her. So they they really have to look at their relationship with a woman. They're so afraid of being the father that left they're so afraid to hurt women they're so yeah. afraid you know so they're they're constantly trying to appease you know i i don't want to rock the boat i just want to make women happy i just want to so that causes a lack in really polarity we, we're not attracted to that because it, it is a very being nurturing right and yeah. and predicting other people's needs, being it's receptive. Very it's very feminine, right? Yeah. And so when guys display those certain types of characteristics, when they, you know, or when they come on too strong uh, from a from a needy, from a desperate, from a validation perspective, like, please just notice me. We pick up on that energy very quickly. And it's, it basically just kind of kills our it just kind of kills our sex drive. Yeah. So a man really has to do his part as far as healing some of those wounds that he has with with the feminine and be you know integrating more into his masculine but then of course the woman has you know it has to be responsible for for healing that but you know what what it also comes back to and I'll tell you for me receiving intermittent love Right. As a child, I don't know how what your background was in your family system or if you're you. So a lot of us are very used to love being kind of here or there. Um, I have to do this in order to get it. Or it's kind of, you know, especially with a single parent, it's not their fault that they can't be there for you all the time. Right. Like right. they're 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 working, they're they're doing these certain things. So so my brothers and I talk about this all the time that love for us, my mom would have to work and she would come back and pick us up, you know, sometimes hours to, you know, there were, our teachers would wait with us, you know, soccer practice. So again, you get conditioned to believe that love is like, sometimes it can be very chaotic yeah. and you don't know when it's going to happen next. And you don't know when you're going to get the love that you needed as a child. So what do we do? Of course, we take that into our adult relationships that and, and, and we're used to that feeling. So this goes back to women being attracted to a very like chaotic love where it's very intermittent. That is we think that that's normal. So secure people, secure people who have both parents who have had that traditional type of upbringing 
love is very consistent for them. Yeah. Love is very stable. Love is very just, it has its peaks and valleys, but it's more of the experiences that you have, the novelty seeking. When you go take a trip, you know, that can be very exciting as a couple, right? For, but it's 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 very stable. Yeah. So again, this all goes back to this all goes back to childhood. This all goes back to your childhood and and what you're conditioned to think that love is. So you have to break up with that. You have to assess, okay, this person is giving me intermittent communication. That's what I think love is. That's what I think that being in a relationship uh-huh. is. But it's a, but yeah, it really it's a wrong signal again. Yeah. Yeah, it's the wrong conditioning. It's it's the wrong template that we have. So you have to, again, assess what your template is, assess that if a guy is being consistent, if he is showing up for you consistently and you're not attracted to that, then you're not attracted to stability. You're not attracted to somebody who is going to provide stability for you. So you're always going to create a little bit of a drama. You know, women are, you're always going to kind of pick a fight to kind of push that person away and then pull that person in because that's how you, that's what love is for you. If there isn't that, then a lot of women go, oh, well, does he really care about me? Is he really going to be there for me? So I'm going to push him a little bit. And then when we repair that, when we come back together, oh, okay, he does really love me. I'm I'm safe. I'm okay. And that's yeah. that. That's like a vicious cycle that you'll. I don't know if you have that with you know. Oh, I know that <laughs> this is definitely, definitely one of the things. You see how you said it. You said it so clearly because when I talk about it to my friends, they they don't understand. But I I find that very frequent actually among my women in my life, women I dated and so on, that she likes you, so she starts to go like, will he stay? And then, you know, you should go and ask him, hey, baby, will you stay? And he will say, yes, I love you very much. I will stay. And then she will say, and if I hit you on your face, will you stay? And then he'll say, don't. But if you do, I will stay. So, you know, she goes like, okay, let me hit him. And so she Mm -hmm. hits him and then he stays. And then, you know, you go like, okay, it seems he's going to stay, but maybe I should hit him and kick him at the same time. And just constant constant testing of what, where is his limit, uh, just so that I feel safe that if I cut his limbs off and, you know, poked his eyes and spit in his face, he'd still stay. But by doing that, he's leaving. And, you know, it's quite interesting that that constant testing is just getting men to go like, that's really too much. I said, I will stay, but don't overdo it. That's an amazing analogy, amazing analogy, amazing story. And, and this, this is when it comes back to understanding the, de- the right, the gender dynamics and the gender differences, because yeah. men, they don't want that. They want yeah. peace. They want stability. They don't necessarily, they're okay with, with having a lot. Most men, I would say the 80% of them, maybe not the 20% that, that we're all going after, but most men just want peace because you can't be as effective in your life. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, the businesses that you've, that you have done and, and all the things that you've accomplished, if there is so much turmoil at home, that's not going to work for men. So yes. women will, women will push, 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 and then men will say, finally, okay, you know what? I'm out. I can't handle this anymore. I can't do this. And then women will be devastated. Like what, well, what happened? Why, you know, why, 
you obviously don't love me enough. You obviously yeah, you, you, you see exactly. She, she she would she would end up saying, "You see, you left." Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> self. It's a what self. Can I do? Yeah, it's a self fulfilling prophecy, yeah. and and so I think that again, women and men, we we really have to communicate. That is the that's the basis of everything. Hundred percent. Yeah, it it all comes back to communication, and 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 a woman. If she was really honest with that test, she would be able to communicate that and say, you know what? I'm feeling insecure about something and I need you to just give me a little bit. I need you to make me feel secure again. Or when you looked at that woman, other woman, it makes me feel a certain way. I need you to, you know, reinforce that you, you truly love me, but women will hold that. We will hold that in. Do you actually speak that way, Sarah? I, I do. Oh, oh my <laughs> God, do. you are it. We should clone you. Honestly, <laughs> that, that's it. Honestly. I mean, most men, when they're in love, they want nothing but to make her happy. They mm -hmm. just want to make her happy. It's just mm -hmm. It just is very difficult to understand what would make her happy. Right. Yeah. And I don't remember. Do you remember that uh, that movie? It was probably you were four, probably when it came out. But she, when where Jennifer Anstenson, I think I, I don't remember who actually. But anyway, she basically says, I don't want you to wash the dishes. I want you to want to wash the dishes. Yeah, right? that was Vince, Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. I think it was the breakup. Yeah, the breakup. Yep. Yes, and and I, you know, I I remember with my ex-wife at the time we had a very long conversation about this because, you know, why don't you just tell me? I want to do whatever it is that you want. You know, it, it, whether it's dishes or garbage or you know making more money so we change the car. Just tell me, and if you yeah. tell me, it will work, right? I mean, I have I have to admit, though, Sarah, I, I'll say that very openly, but that's not the average good man. You know, with years and experience, I don't need that anymore, right? I, I sort of fully understand and almost entirely adore all of those little unpredictabilities of how a woman is and how she's insecure sometimes and how she needs that reassurance and how she needs that hug, even though she's saying, go away. And I really, really think it's wonderful because there is a role for the man to play, to be honest, mm -hmm. right? Uh, mm -hmm. And and when the man gets it, the woman doesn't have to be so analytical about it, if you want. But most good men don't, simply because they don't have the experience and simply because they're not reading the sort of textbook manuals that say, how can you sleep with 365 women in a year, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, in a, in a very interesting way, if the woman is able to just say, hey, by the way, this is how I feel, it might mm -hmm. actually make the woman first consider what it is that she feels, and then it would become a lot easier for the man. But as a woman being conditioned, you have to think about how as children, you know, we are conditioned from a very young age to, yeah. to believe that if we do say our needs, that we are needy. We are clingy. We are over, over demanding. I, I can't tell you how many women I have to coach to just be able to be in tune with their own needs. Yeah. Because if they if they were to express them, it they think in the back of their mind that 
you know, it's too much, right? So women as I was raised very old school, my grandmother actually um, was uh, in London, uh, mm-hmm. Covent Garden, she was in uh, Kensington, I can't remember where we were, Sloan Square was my was my stop. Mm-hmm. But I would go and I would stay with my grandmother as a child and she would raise, she raised me almost because my, my mother needed the help and would send me off there for summers. So I had a wonderful life living half, you know, my summers when I was in high school in, in London, Amazing. but she was, couldn't be more old school than you could, you could never even imagine. She was yeah. so, I couldn't wear pants. You know, she would take me to these shows. It was beautiful, but it was, it was a woman is to be quiet. A woman is to be peaceful. A woman is to not be contentious. A woman is to be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it it was like. There is truth to that, Sarah. No, I mean, it's exaggerated, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, why not? So we, yeah. we've come, we've come a long way. We've, we've come, <laughs> we've come a long way as women, but I think that as a whole, we're we are we're going through our own little cultural revolution we're going I through agree. our own you know because we're trying to understand okay how do we be more feminine how can we remain feminine how can we stay in this space where we're able to to be able to receive from a man but also how can we state our needs without scaring him away or without 100%. you know being yeah. too aggressive or yeah. saying things that will so it, it, it's just practice. And I, and yeah. I say to this women all the time, you want to scare away, you want to scare away men as fast as possible. <laughs> you want, you, you want to, to state your needs. And if they go away, you know, rejection, yes. is God's, rejection is God's protection. So, you know, you know, state your needs. If they're not texting you enough, if they are, if they're, if you're in a marriage and he is loading the dishwasher wrong, you know, I tell, I had a story. I, I went out with, um, a client, you know, a couple of days ago, and he, he gave a great example of what his wife said to him that really changed it for, for the, for the dishwasher. I'll give that example. So of course, right. He, the house is cluttered. He has a different standard of what the house looks like or what it should look like yes. than she that's it right like that there's a basic this is a huge fight between men and women what are your standards versus my standards so what really did it for him was it wasn't it was the tone right of how she was asking i you know it was it was accusatory like why are you so lazy why are you this why are you that versus what he said was she shifted and she said you know what it's not how the house looks. It's not your fault. It's that I feel at peace when I walk into a clean house. It helps me feel calm. It helps me feel feminine. It helps me feel that I can be present with you and not have to think about all the stuff that's happening with the playroom and the house. And he said, once I understood that it that it was like, I could make her feel something. Guys don't they want to make yeah. you feel something. They don't yes. care about the inan- like the inanimate objects that are strewn across the house. Like they don't see it as that. So he said once I understood how it made her feel and how it had affected her so deeply, that's when the change happens. So it's it's about your tone, it's about talking to a man and not again that that accusatory tone of saying you know, you always do this, you always do that. It's like, talk about how 
he can serve you, right? Like how he can be of service to you in that relationship by putting the dishes, putting the bowls on the top so that, you know, it's organized. It makes me feel like it's efficient. I don't have to clean the dishes again. And it would make me just feel better if you could just do that. It would make me happy. Like, so that I don't have to repeat the dishwasher (laughs) over again, you know, like it's, it's so, it's so simple, but I think if we viewed our conversations like that, and if we were to able to like really communicate in a full circle about how something affects us, then a man would feel so much more compelled to want to, to be of service. I cannot agree more. Can I ask you, I mean, so, so the overall overarching theme in everything that you teach is don't be judgmental. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't assume that they are out there to get you. Don't assume yes. that all men are not to be trusted. Don't assume that your man is not to be trusted and communicate. Right. Mm-hmm. So in, in your point of view, what would be the top things that are misunderstood? between couples? Like, you know, what are the most frequent aha moments that you get when you tell a couple, oh, it's just because he's like that, or it's just because she's like that? Oh, gosh. So there's a meme right now on, um, (laughs) on social media. And the guy is, is, um, is working really, really hard at, at his desk. And he's, you know, he's, he's typing away, he's doing all the things. And she texts him on the phone and says, do you love me? Do you, do you really care? Because you're always working. And then there's a a pop-up box that comes up to his and his thoughts. And he says, I'm working so hard to provide for my family. And that's the only, that's, that's the only thing that I care about. And and so so, Yeah, that's that a big, so true. <laughs> that's I a remember, big, I remember that vividly, vividly when I saw Ali, my son for the first time. So I went into the operating room, like every good man should, and, yeah. you know, I held her hand and then I saw this little crumbly, pruny, ugly little thing. I mean, I don't know how women <laughs> think that, I mean, seriously, kids are like, what is this? But anyway, women love them. And I remember vividly because I pay attention, a change of heart. Okay. Because I'm generally, I wasn't into kids at all. They were, you know, not never a topic that, that concerned me in my young years. And I see that little thing. And I remember in my mind saying that thing is never going to need anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's my role. And I remember exactly how I overdid it afterwards and worked too hard and so on. You know, that shift in my life was because I think fatherhood was entirely around, I'm going to provide and protect, right? Mm -hmm. Perhaps masculine because it has a lot of doing and a lot of protection. And, you know, this is what the, what the masculine traditionally would bring to the household if you want. But then of course, for my ex, my wife, then it was all about nurturing and loving. Mm -hmm. These are two very, very different needs. And when you really think about it, when men are working so hard because they're in love, not working so hard because of their ego. Right. That's their way of expressing love, I think. And when a woman is so concerned about the safety of the house and the cleanliness of the house, and you know, that's their way of, of showing love, providing a home and a nurturing place. It's very different for both of them, but it's the way of showing care and love. Yeah. 
So to answer your question, I would say that those are some of the biggest things that that I that I coach couples on, that I coach people on is just your our perceptions of how we see the world are completely different. Yeah. And that men are a lot of times men are just misunderstood that they're holding things in all the time because they they're trying to provide this structure and this masculinity and they're 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 keeping it in because of the way that they were conditioned to be in the world and the way that they are conditioned is just you know ultimate stoicism like i'm okay everything's uh, we're fine everything's okay so as a you know really coaching women to to provide a safe space for them to be heard is like you will have a man loyal to you for the rest of your life if you're able to provide a safe space for him where he can really really express himself in a non-judgmental way um i think that we have to we quit we have to question everything i actually am coming up with um with like a cheat sheet of some of the things that that women and men disagree about the most um but i think the biggest thing is that like you said the motivations behind our behavior yeah. are are 100% completely different and men really truly want that respect they want they want that respect and women constantly are searching for love we are security seeking creatures yeah. and sometimes we push men's buttons we disrespect them and then that causes them to lose love for us so it's this it's this constant the seesaw, seesaw. it's a seesaw yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. i haven't been to a playground in a, while, a little bit but it, it's a constant seesaw of are the things that i'm doing you know, emasculating him are the things that I am saying, causing him to feel like less of a man are the things that I'm doing, you know, really causing him to lose love for me, because if, if I don't respect him, then I'm not going to get my needs met. Yeah. So every everyone has to take responsibility for their side, you know, like, but as a woman, um, I really think for me, I have to think twice before I say something, right? I have to think twice as, yeah. is my tone going to make him feel less of a man? And if yeah. we just kind of approach, if we just kind of approach things that way, if we just kind of take a step back and realize that that we need completely two different things, I think we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. But being, just understanding that it's okay to be different and not yes. try to change the other person, not try to change, not try to change you. I'm, I'm the woman, you're the man. And we're okay to have our, our specific gender roles. And furthermore, it's okay to not get everything that we need from our man or from our woman. Like it's okay. We don't, we need to have other sources in our life to get our needs met. And then you have so much peace when you let that go. You have so yeah. much peace within your relationship. Amen. I agree. I yes, you get you get what you want from a partner from your man. You get the rest of what you want your wants and needs from everyone else. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you pick properly, then this kind of approach 
truly will be okay. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had, I've had women ask me, well, how do I show, how do I show respect to a man? And maybe you can shed some light on that. Cause there's a lot of women that, that wonder, you know, like, well, well, how does that, what does that look like to show respect to a man so that he feels powerful? I think about that quite a lot. As you rightly said, a woman wants to be loved. And, and the reason why a woman wants to be loved is because she wants to be seen and safe, right? Mm -hmm. For a man, we want to be appreciated. If I behave like a good man, I want you to smile at me and say, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. Right. If I make love to you and it was incredible, I'd like you to hug me and say, oh my God, that was amazing. I, mm -hmm. you know, if I, if I stop on my way and buy you flowers, I'd expect you to say, Hey, that's really, really sweet. You didn't have to. Okay. Yeah. By the way, if I work my ass off to provide for the household or to make life a little easier, which a lot of men do at every income profile, it's nice to say, Hey, that was really I understand. I understand what you're doing. All a man wants, you know, just like a woman would text and say, do you love me? She wants to be reassured about her love. I think a man simply wants to be reassured that he's a man, that yeah. what you what you did makes you my man. Yeah. I, I like that when you do it. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it can start early in the dating process as well by yeah. saying thank you for a lovely time thank you for an amazing date you know i look forward to seeing you again because i think sometimes yeah. women are afraid to express their interest or oh like i don't again i don't we've been told to be chased or you know a guy's going to chase after us but really he will pursue he will chase if he's a interested good yeah. A good man will, but but also to be reciprocated, to have that, to Absolutely. have that communication reciprocated and early in the stages of dating. It's so funny. I have a lot of men in my comments, or they'll say to me, My my wife hit on me and I married her a year. <laughs> I married her yeah. a year later. You know, it's so rare. I think that that, you know, as as men, they're when when they get hit on or when a woman is forward or when a woman says, yes, like you are everything I want. It's, it's very shocking for, for some men. And I, I say, women, it's, it doesn't matter. You, we are, we are living in a world of equality. This is, it's okay to be forward. Look, I'll tell you openly, good men never approach a woman. I have never approached a woman in my life. Yeah. It's, it is as simple as that. We think it's disrespectful. We think it interrupts her quiet time. We don't yeah. know if she's married and this is rude. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, most most good men that I know are not that good at going to a woman and saying, hey, I just noticed that you're attractive uh, and I just wanted you to know that. Actually, it's very yeah. simple. It's written in all dating books. If you're a man listening, if you go to a woman and tell her that, the only thing that you will get is a thank you. And there is nothing rude about it. But good men don't do it. So believe yeah. it or not, I always tell my, you know, my my friends, women friends, I say, if you like someone, instead of smiling at him in the cafe, because he's never going to get up and say hi, okay, <laughs> just walk to him and say, uh, can I use the power plug next to you to charge my phone or whatever? You know, if you're standing in the coffee queue, uh, don't, don't tell him, hey, you're cute. I want to date you. But say, oh my God, so many choices of coffee. I don't know what to get today. <laughs> Simple, really. Just I remove the barrier. Uh, remove the barrier so that he can start to talk, basically. Yeah. 
because he wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. Yes. Like a thousand times. Yes. And I think you are, you just said, if there was one thing that you you could take away from this podcast, that is it is, is just remove the barrier. You are not disqualifying yourself as a woman or them as a man. If you just make it a little bit easier for them to approach, just let him, and then he'll take it from there. If you remove the barrier, they will take it from there. And And they'll appreciate it for the rest of their life. They will. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another, there's a funny, another meme that uh, I talk about all the time. Men want to be appreciated. And a man will say to me, I had an orange shirt that I wore for 10 years because I got a compliment from a woman at the grocery store about this shirt. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is, this is mind blowing because women, women will get compliments walking down the street. I mean, we we, will get eyes on us. That's a compliment enough. We good looking, attractive women will, there's an abundance of compliments. So, so look, I mean, it all goes back to understanding these, these misunderstandings, these nuances. And for me at this age, that's what changed my relationship fundamentally with men is just being forward and being empathetic is, is having that empathy towards men. And if that is the message for me, that that's the message that I'm going to rest my platform on is like, let's just be a little bit more empathetic towards each other. And I think we'll be okay. We'll start to heal some of this chasm. I am more of a fan now <laughs> than I have been when we started. I think the man that will get you is a very lucky man, Sarah. I really, Thank really you. honestly do. And I think uh, in a very interesting way, we should donate uh, your cells to science to clone you a little bit. (laughs) I really tend to believe that what you said is the core. Feel what you feel fully. Understand that the other person is different. Don't judge them and communicate lovingly. And 90% of all the problems will go away. I am really grateful. Thank you so much for your time. I swear I never ever sit in front of my Zoom Sit 30 minutes before the conversation just to prepare and make sure that everything's ready. I'm Aww. totally fanboying. I really was very excited about this conversation. <laughs> Everyone Thank listening, I, I really ask you to uh, follow Sarah's work. I find it quite enriching, quite... Uh, she's very good. I mean, we're chatting today, but she's very, very good at creating very short messages that are really to the point. I think you would enjoy that. I'll have all of her uh, contacts in the show notes. So please look at them. If you need uh, coaching for your relationship, can't recommend someone more. And uh, yeah, Sarah, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. All of you, thank you so much for uh, listening, because when you do listen, I can reach out to a wonderful uh, teacher like Sarah and get to spend an hour and a half with her uh, just because of you. So keep listening, keep telling others uh, about what you learn here and uh, spread the message. Do the stuff that you guys do on social media and rate the podcast highly. Uh, We're now in the top five frequently in Europe, which is great news. Uh, very frequently in the top 10 in the US in happiness and well-being, uh, health and well-being. So thank you so much, all of you, for the support that you've been giving me. And uh, yeah, find a little bit time, a little bit of time this week to slow down and reflect on your love and relationships. I love you all for listening and I will see you next time.